to iFoster Futures. Hi, Kiara. How are you this morning? I'm doing good. How are you, Sarita? Hi, everyone. Great. And listen, what a guest we have for all of you today. Such a success. So much to cover. We are thrilled to introduce you all to Luke Fox, or Fox as he likes to be known. Fox is a former foster youth. He's turned into a successful tech entrepreneur who runs his own multi-million dollar uh, drone airspace security company. Yeah, I had to pause over that. The drone airspace security company. And he's already been named Forbes 30 under 30 young entrepreneurs to watch. Uh, and as well, he's a fierce advocate for child, children's rights. We've got so many questions to ask Fox. We better get going. Welcome, Fox. How are you on this lovely Friday morning? Oh, it's so beautiful. Thank you so much for having me. Well, we're thrilled. So tons to cover. So let's jump right in and let's start with the why and the how. You are the you are on the leading edge of drone airspace security. How did you ever discover that drone technology and cybersecurity was where your talents lay? Yeah, you know, <clears throat> I think it actually, it's, uh, oh boy, it goes back to, I really wanted to, uh, when I, back when I was a teenager, actually when I was in the foster care system, I started to get really interested in drone technology and thinking about, you know, what are, what are the technologies that are really going to help people uh, and, and uh, help save lives? And so I started developing, uh, started getting into drones, looking up, you know, how are drones made? And I was like, wow, this is actually really accessible. I got, uh, I got connected, I started talking to people, got connected with some friends. Uh, they connect friends of friends, and all of a sudden, I'm in the middle of the Redwoods up in Northern California uh, working uh, with some scientists and developing drones. Um, and it was, it was a long journey to get there. But, you know, I think the, the big thing was I just told everybody, hey, I'm really interested in drones and just made that part of my identity of, like, drones are really neat. I want to learn more and took every opportunity to learn more about them. But as I did that, I realized that drone technology could be used to do a lot of harm, right? People could use them in a lot of bad ways. And so the same drive that originally caused me to want to make drones uh, so that they could be used to save lives and improve the world, I realized that until first we were able to trust them, we weren't able to do that. And kind of going to the bringing in the foster care element, um, I think a lot of that does come from... Uh, what I think one of the one of the the lovely gifts of being in the foster care system and going <laughs> through my, you know, the uh, history of the abuse and neglect is you develop what's known in the industry as an adversarial mindset, uh, which is a really polite way of saying thinking like a criminal, but not doing criminal things, uh, <laughs> um, <clears throat> which it, it's the reality of, you know, when you grow up in, a, in a, a, a dysfunctional world, when you grow up where the people that you're supposed to trust, the authority figures are anything but trustworthy, when you grow up and the resources that you sh should have there aren't there, uh, you develop this, this m way of thinking. And this way of thinking has been one of the biggest contributors to my success and i and i say success with an asterisk uh because you know it's a long a long path to uh true true success um but that i i think that's just one of the the great gifts that is often overlooked 
when people uh, when people say you know look at fo- uh, foster youth and former foster youth. Like we have something that is extremely rare, and I could tell you going through uh, going through and uh, these like uh, cybersecurity programs at universities. They, that's the one thing that they say the first day of every class is we can teach you all these things, but there's one thing we can't teach you, and that's the adversarial mindset. Thinking, how could this go wrong? What could somebody do to abuse this? And it's it's yeah, I think it's just it's one of the many gifts. Gifts, maybe a perverse gift, like it shouldn't be a <laughs> gift, but it is. I, I appreciate that. But tell me, um, you, you know, how did you get your hands on a drone? Like, it, it, foster youth don't even have access to laptops, and yeah. here you are uh, building incredible drones and defensive drones. Yeah, well, it's been it's a long it's been a long path, but <laughs> I, you know, the <clears throat> excuse me. One of the one of the big things for me was I realized you know that the the key to being uh, to doing something that I enjoyed is really uh, developing something that I was passionate about, knowing that there's something even if it was wrong, right? At first, for when I was when I was really young, I said you know I'm I'm going to become a cop. Well, then I got diagnosed with uh, with some, with the illness that precluded that. Uh, on many accounts. And so I was like, okay, well, I can't be a cop. I want to become a cyber cop, right? I'm going to go into cyber forensics. And I didn't, and of course, I didn't have access to a lot of the the means to do so. But I just, you know, I told people that. Everybody asked, like, what do you, and it just, it became part of my identity. And then I refined that and then said, well, okay, I'm going to go into, you know, oh, like drone and drone security. And, you know, you just continue to refine that. But, uh, you know, by making something your brand, it really and be making your passion and your obsession like opportunities find you like when you talk to enough people you you have no idea the person you're talking to what their father does or what their uncle does or you know like what they you know just got for christmas and you can maybe play with like it's the, the opportunities open up when you put yourself out into the world rather than having this assumption that well in this exact moment in time i don't have a laptop well, who cares what you have right now? What matters is where you're going to be in the future. Yeah, that is so awesome to hear. And um, just going on to um, learn a little bit more about White Fox, tell us a little bit more about what being the CEO of White Fox Defense is like. What excites you about what you do? Yeah, what excites me is uh, I, I get to do, I mean, I get to do what I love every single day. I get to work with amazing people and uh, who all have a shared passion to make an impact on the world. It's uh, it's it's the it's the best job ever, um, and it's and it's because I love it. I could tell you that there's a thousand people that you put into this seat right now, and they'd say it's the worst job ever, <laughs> right? It's 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 simply it it I've made it work for me, and I think a lot of that is you know I never went. I never, I never, I never graduated college. I dropped out of high school. I dropped out of college. Uh, and, you know, I have a string of uh, failures there, I guess. Um, but, and I never, I never, when I went to college, I never took a single business class, right? It's about paving your own way and really identifying what is it that I uniquely bring to the table? And then who are people around me who enjoy doing the things I don't like to do, right? Because if I don't like to do it, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Yeah, and speaking of that, um, about the people that works with you, 
uh, White Fox Depends have a powerhouse executive team and you lead a team of senior executives who have more years of experience in the aerospace and defense industry than you have been alive. Yeah. <laughs> so how did you build such a team and how did you manage a team with such experience and age? Yeah, absolutely. I think the one of the one of the uh, the values uh, the valuable pieces of not having a formal education in a lot of uh, in a lot of things is that I, I'm not encumbered, right? And so it's really laying a vision for the future that's not dependent on what are we doing today. And uh, you know, you could ask each of them; they they could they probably have their own answers. But I can tell you that being able to have a vision for where I want to be myself and being able to lay that out and visualize that and where I want the company to be in five years, in 20 years, right? Being able to truly express that and not just, I want to be in a better place. I want, I want the world to look like this, right? So for example, for me, that's right now today, and I'll ask you, Kara, if you were in your bedroom and you looked outside your window and you saw a drone hovering there, how would you feel? I would feel worried, um, you know, just like, why is this here? Who's spying on me? Or, you know, what, you know, what's it doing here? I would just feel cautious about it. Yeah, right. What's it doing here? What, is it yeah. spying on me? How do I know if it's spying on me? What can I do about it? Right? right. And so like, that's what exists today. And it's, it's unfortunate, but that's the, like, kind of the status quo. But it doesn't have to be that way. And in fact, it can't be that way. And so in order for us to truly adopt as a society drone technology, we, you can't be saying that. I can't be saying that. Nobody should be saying that, right? But the fact is, even I feel that way. When I see a drone, I'm like, dang, why is this drone here? Is it spying on me? What's going on? And, yet, and so in order to do that, I said, okay, well, what do we have to do to truly embrace this technology? Well, we have to be able to stop the bad guys. We have to be able to build, uh, at its core, transparency and accountability. Two things that I believe once you have transparency and accountability, you have trust. Once you have trust, you have un unlocked huge amounts of potential. And so it really, it really simply just comes down to that. I forget the original question, but. <laughs> but well, no, but what's so cool is you're so absolutely passionate about this. Yeah, you're, you're like Captain America saving the world from, uh, a, because it, you have, being a techie myself, New yeah. technology can be scary. And the first yes. adopters, the early adopters of new tech tend to be the bad guys. Yes. They, they, that just is. That's the way it is. So uh, I think you wanting to pivot and turn it on its head and make it something that is ubiquitous yes. means that you got to you gotta go up against the bad guys. So Pre totally, totally precisely. get it. So, and, and, and being able to have that and for, I think when you ask like, you know, all these amazing people that I get to work with every single day, why are they here? It's because they see that vision, that vision's mm -hmm. clearly communicated and they know that what they're doing, each and individual one of them is making an impact on those around them and on building that future, that vision that we laid out. And I think that's so true. I think that's true, not just in business, but that's true for all of my relationships. Right, like my my personal relationships, my family relationships, my romantic relationships. It's just it's it's not like the present moment. It's important to be present, but it's also important to paint that vision of why are we doing this? What are we investing in? Right, we're putting our time, our resources, our money into this. Why? Right, it's that vision of this is this is where we're going, and what we're doing today is impacting that future. 
Okay, so now let me ask you, let's move right back yeah. to when you, all you had was maybe a piece of paper, a, a flashy PowerPoint presentation, and you were trying to sell this vision because let me tell you, you're not, you're not in like the catering business or anything like that, you know, painting, whatever. This costs money, uh, upfront investment money. in what you're trying to do. How did you get investment? And, and VCs are, you know, they're probably the stingiest people out there. Well, you know, VCs are are stingy, but they also they're they're sh sure maybe they're maybe they're stingy, but truly what they are is they're focused on where can I put my money to make the big the biggest impact, to make the biggest returns. And when we look at that, you know, when uh when I first started uh when I first started White Fox, I can't tell you how many people, how many mentors of mine, how many people told me I was ridiculous. I can't tell you how many interventions I had. I don't know if I'm going to regret saying this, but I've had mentors inter have, sit me down, have an intervention. That I need to stop doing drugs. I'm not joking. I was like, I literally have never, I've never even smoked. A, I've never even like secondhand smoked a joint. Uh, not to, no, no against anybody who has, but like literally like these people telling me that I'm crazy. And it's like, uh, and I thought, well, you know, maybe I am, but at least I'm excited about it. Right. And so uh, because of that, um, well, it's it's so it was a long journey, but um, one of my mentors sent me down and said, "Okay, this let's lay this out. Let's figure out how much money you need to do this, right? Because this is a lot. Of, it's going to take a lot of money." And I was like, "Okay." So we sit it down, we add up all the costs, and it's like, "Okay, to get to a product that's going to like a, a minimal viable product, right? It's going to cost okay. Let's see, fifteen thousand dollars. I'm like fifteen thousand dollars. That's more money than I know what. Like I've never seen that. Where am I going to get fifteen thousand uh, dollars? Well. Uh, so I go out and I start telling, I start telling people, okay, this is, it's going to cost $15,000. This is what it's going to take. You know, who do you talk to my friends? Who do you, you know, do you, who do you know? Do you have a rich uncle? Who do you, you know, who's, who's who? Um, talking to people at the university. Okay. You know, doing this, who wants to get on board with building the future? Cause this is the future. It's going to happen. Whether you get involved or not, do you want to be a part of it? And so in doing so, uh, was able to bring, uh, bring in, uh, bring in some initial check. Well, I, so I then from there, I went and I had no idea how to actually raise money. Like what happens if somebody <laughs> said yes. So I went, so I went to this workshop and I sat down and, uh, said, I came in late, sat down and they're talking about it. Okay. They said convertible notes and they talked about convertible notes, which is a financial term. And this is how it works. This is what it looks like. And then I was like, awesome. This is all I need to know. So I came in late. I left early and I went up and called people. I was like, hey, I got a convertible note. You guys want to, you know, you want your uncle to participate? You want this person to participate? Um, and was from there, was able to gather, gather some money. Um, and it's kind of just has continued to snowball from there because, you know, one of the things is you're, they say that, you know, it's all about your network. Well, your network, some people are born with a network for sure. But while that is certainly true, you can make a network, right? Like you're start. That's just the starting place. But you can build a network, and I have such an amazing network of people because you put yourself out there. You ask people for help. Like people love helping people. And one of the things about like <clears throat> successful people, right? The people who can help you is they're probably successful because they know how to say no. So ask them, and they'll tell you no if they don't want to help you, 
right? But putting yourself out there, it doesn't hurt to ask. And I can't tell you how many times I've been surprised somebody said yes. And I was like, oh, really? Okay. (laughs) Awesome. Now, quick side note, you know, I said $15,000 and it blew my mind. And I was like, oh my gosh, we're at 15,000, you know, all that. Well, turns out, funny enough, um, that it actually took a little bit more than $15,000. It took $15 million. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, 15000 is a little on the light side. Yeah. But it's, but you know, that's the thing is one of the things that I think has contributed to where I am is I am ignorant and stupid <laughs> and like ignorant and stupid enough to believe like that what I'm, that you know, it like had somebody told me that it literally would have taken an act of Congress, not just one, but two acts of Congress that I had to spearhead and work with people in Washington, D.C. at, you know, at, in Congress at the White House in order to actually be able to sell a product. <laughs> I maybe, would, you know, been like, Eeks. but I was stupid enough to be like, oh, figure it out. Let's figure it out. Let's make this happen. And if somebody told me from the beginning, it's going to cost 15 million dollars. You know, they would say, oh, you, it's going to take more time and more money than you know. Well, you just keep on going and you just keep on figuring out. And you know what? You just keep problem after problem. Just just like and that's one of the things that I think foster care really does for uh, for people is you have no idea what's going to happen the next day. You have no idea what home you're going to be put in. You have no idea what arbitrary rule apparently that foster family has that they forgot to tell you. Right. That you broke and now you're in trouble like you are. You're you're used to living with so much uncertainty and because you live in that uncertainty you develop resilience and that resilience that is what allows you to succeed because success is not this success is this i could tell you every single day it has ups and downs like every single like i could i could i could cry every single day and i could whoop and sing rejoice every, multiple times every single day and it's only because it's like you know what What's the worst that can happen, right? Like you can't fear failure and like for being in foster care, like, you know, foster care system, there's like, that's the, there, that's your like, okay. You, you feel like you don't have a family. You don't have support. You don't have love. Like you don't feel that you don't feel safety. Well, that's one of the, I think one of the greatest things is when you don't have a safety net, you're like, so what? Like I, I, you don't, you don't go and you're like, I'm going to go run home and go and, you know, live in a mansion. You're like, I'm, I'll go back and live in my van. Like, what's the, wor- what's the worst that could happen? I'll survive. I know I can survive. When you know you can survive, you put yourself out there and you're willing to take calculated risks. And those calculated risks pay off huge dividends, much more than going through life just safe, safely. Amazing. And since you have been taking risks and just asking people, you know, just to do this for you, you are an incredible success. And you're not even 30 yet. In fact, you are named one of the Forbes magazine's 30 under 30 leaders. But you must have like hit bumps in the road along the way. So what failures stand out for you and how did you overcome them throughout your journey? Oh, my gosh. I I mean, I I fail every day. And most of of what I do is a failure. Uh, What's what's a good failure? Um, I mean, it's, it's, it, life is just, it's just figuring out. Okay. Um, well, did you ever feel like yeah. just giving up? Like, did you ever, and, and, and how did you pull yourself out from that? Oh yeah. I mean, I've, I, yeah, I've like giving up from the, the business, giving up from life, you know, it's like, you know, it's, uh, 
I, it's uh, looking for that easy out for sure. Uh, you know, I could, I can remember just, just crying and just being like, this is, this is the end. Right. And then, um, and just feel like everything was falling apart uh, in the company. And, you know, year, this was in the, in the earlier days, but feel like everything was falling apart. Nothing's working. Right. We're all, uh, and just realizing like, so what? Like, it, like, am I really like, is this real? Like, am I really going to, you know, like kill myself because of this? Like, because I could survive till tomorrow and maybe tomorrow somebody will call, right? Something will happen. I mean, I could tell you just from a uh, maybe a, le- a less dramatic uh, example, uh, but I can't tell you. Well, I won't say. But there's been there's been times where we're on the like the day that payroll's going out, and I'm like, we don't have any money for payroll. What's going to happen? Right? Uh, this is the problem. And you're like, and if you if and you push all the way to the end, and every single time it always works out. Every single time the, the money comes in, you just keep pushing your, you just pu- keep pushing. And when you're, and that's one of the things like when you're working and I don't necessarily suggest this for everybody, cause right now I'm paying the health consequences of this. So I don't <laughs> not saying re- repeat this or do this, but it's kind of worked for me is like, if you put yourself and you work and you do put your, dedicate yourself to something every single waking moment. And that's all the, everything you think about, right. When you do, when you do that and you're working, 12 to 16 hours, seven days a week towards building something, you know, you're either going to do it really well. You're going to do, you know, you're going to do something right. And you're going to, and people will respect you for it and you'll get, you'll get somewhere. I don't know where, but you'll get somewhere. And I think that's just the thing is like, you just keep, you just keep pushing forward. Even, even in those moments of failure, because you realize like failure is not permanent until you're dead. And if you off yourself, then, you know, that's only, that's accepting failure. <laughs> Otherwise you just keep pushing forward. And I say it kind of flippantly and jokingly, uh, I, and I don't mean to be, you know, uh, maybe I'm just a little callous to it because, you know, I've, I've been there and I've, 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 uh, luckily failed. Uh, that's, I guess one of the best things that I failed at, uh, that's yeah, a little too dark. Um, <laughs> You're no, but no I, I understand. I mean, it's, I, I love how you flip the script essentially on what foster care is because yeah, it ain't fun. It ain't any, you know, it's not a walk in the park. You don't have a trust fund. You don't have a trust fund. You got nobody to run home to. You don't even have a home, but you flipped it into that. That can be the ultimate in personal development that you, you come out stronger, braver, fearless, risk-taking uh, out there. You can just, you can get your hustle on. And yeah. I love that. So my question to you is, uh, uh, I know that you're a huge child advocate. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things you're working on and how can you get this message, the get your hustle message out to uh, to youth across the country? Yeah, ab- absolutely. And that's really the, the key thing is like, going back to kind of what we talked about at the beginning, like, you can, if you, if you work hard enough, you do, you do the right things, you put yourselves in the right, you put yourself in the right position and you have that hustle, like you will find that success, whatever success means for you. And 
you could get you can get the house, you can get the mansion, you can get what you know what other people are born with, but what they will never have is the resiliency and that desire, that deep burning passion in your heart to get to whatever that success is. Now, for me, it's not a mansion. I'm not I'm not striving for uh, for the mansion, but whatever it is for people, you can have that. Like all those things that they're born with, you can achieve what they were, what they are missing. You have now with that being said, uh, in, in terms of the advocacy and, uh, you know, the system is broken. We can all agree the system is broken and we can whine and we can complain about it and we can, we can do those things for sure. But we can also say, you know what? The system's broken, but just like something that's broken, you can fix it. Right. And so, uh, I, I have found that foster youth, former foster, current and former foster youth, uh, have the best insights into why it's broken, right? Right. Each of you out there, you know how it's broken and it's impacted you in a very specific way and very specific things. And so for me personally, what that looked like was a, when I was in the foster care system, there was a loophole, excuse me, <coughs> there was a loophole uh, in the, uh, the visitation rights or uh, for foster youth where I wasn't able to see my younger sister, my baby sister who I've raised from a little baby, premature little baby. Uh, and I wasn't, a, I wasn't able to see her. My biological mother was able to continue the abuse by uh, blockading my efforts to see her. And so uh, what it turned out is it was a loophole. It was like the small, this law that it was written in a way, and my biological mother, she was a social worker. So she knew, that she knew exactly what she was doing here. And so uh, I went to my lawyer and I said, Okay, what would this law have to look like? Like, what would it, like what would have to change in order for it to work? What to, in order to do? Uh, in order for, to close this? And I said, oh, it would just be this, and it's a simple sentence, like a single sentence. Okay, great. So then I start. I went on Google and I started con looking up like child welfare, you know, advocacy groups and lawyers and all these. And I started meeting with them. I was like, hey, here's my problem. Isn't this really stupid? Like even the judge and everybody like says this is clearly not the way it's supposed to be uh but it is it's broken so let's fix it right and here's the exact language that needs to fix it and so in doing so fast forward uh, start put a bill together uh worked with uh, these organizations and you know how many times people said no or they're like ah you know it's not really sexy enough or you know they didn't quite say it like that but it wasn't like you know it wasn't big enough it was just because it was a single little you know thing and they're like oh how many people are actually really affected by this you know um uh, and so it's fine. Okay, great. Thank you for telling me no. Now I can move on to the next opportunity, the next person uh, that could potentially help. And so in doing that, uh, finally got connect, uh, connected with the right people, got uh, a bill put together. And then at the same time, it happened that uh, there was another organization that was putting together a bill. And I said, hey, let's join efforts, right? So I was able to slip mine into theirs, get on, uh, drive their traction. And now in California uh, state law, Fix that loophole, right? Got passed through uh, through the uh, the legislator in uh, California. I was able to testify before the legislator and tell him this is why it's important, right? And it's like, and all of that, and I've never, I was never able to use it. By the time it actually got enacted, I was 19, unfortunately. But for all, five, as soon as it was enacted, I was told within a month it had been used to enable siblings to be able to have contact. I still haven't seen my sister. I haven't seen my sister since I was put into the foster care system. And it's just, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, but 
it's a uh, it's it's these are they're solvable problems and and foster youth are the experts you out there are the experts you know what's wrong and it's just and there's so many people out there who are super excited to fix this broken system right because th- people are are here they want to help they just have to know how to help and it's your job to help them and i love the fact that it doesn't matter how big or small it is if it impacts one that's yes. that's sufficient absolutely right? and i and i agree with you um you uh, it, it you get, do get oh it's not sexy enough you know it's not the in thing it you know exactly how many kids is it going to impact that doesn't matter if it impacts one that's more than enough yes, yes. Mm-hmm. completely agree with you uh so and so sorry about your sister uh but you made a huge change in other people's lives and that's phenomenal uh, so are you working on anything right now uh, in terms of advocacy work? Yes. Uh, who, I, yes, I'm, uh, I, I can't announce it yet. Um, but the, working on my uh, next project, which I'll, 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 uh, I'll share at a high level, uh, which is there are, uh, as all, all of your listeners know and, um, and could probably relate to and I self-identify as, there are so many incredible youth that are in the system uh, or that are just coming out of the system who have an incredible amount of potential and they just need the right connections. They just need a little bit of a kickstart. They need the right resources. And so uh, I'm, I'm going to, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, they'll soon, there's, there's actually a lot of great organizations out there and they'll soon be one other one. Uh, and that's uh, helping to address a very particular uh, challenge that I found in the system uh, in order to really kickstart the uh, the career paths of uh, of foster youth. So I can't say I can't say much more yet, uh, but it's 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 going to be exciting, and maybe we'll we'll chat about it when it when it launches. That's fantastic. Yes. So so that that's when you, when it launches, you got to come back to us uh, and, and tell us all about it. We'd be thrilled to hear about it make a big deal of it. Uh, we're, I'm super excited. I, I've got like, it's, I don't know about you, Kara, but in my head, I'm like thinking all these sort of things of what it could be. Um, but thank you. Thank you so much, Fox. This has been fantastic. Love your energy. Love how you tr- you have flipped the, the negativity of foster care into these are the strengths it gives you and how you can use those strengths to get where you wanted to go. And you certainly have. So thank you so much. I love the, the you know, uh, get out there, network, uh, doesn't matter. People can say no, it doesn't matter. You just go on to the next person and you go and go and go until you get your, your passion. So there you go, people, that's what you need to do. You can dream big, you can achieve your dreams. Look, uh, Fox did it himself, CEO of White Fox. Uh, defense. Thank you so much and have a wonderful day. Access iFoster self-directed job skills training at our website www.ifoster.org or on your iFoster app.